Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Our talk today will be on transformation, reformation, and revival of the people of God. God has, from time to time, strived to bring transformation, reformation, and revival into the hearts of his people. From the moment that our four parents, Adam and Eve, sinned, or Adam and Eve disobeyed God's commandment. To our present day, some day Adventist movement, God has desired that his people are converted. God desired that his people are rejuvenated. God has desired that his people be realigned and recommitted to follow Jesus and be prepared for the heavenly home. As descendants of Adam and Eve, we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And as a result, our hearts tend to drift from the spiritual the mundane. Our minds tend to drift from the eternal to the things of the world. Our hearts are prone to wander. This songwriter says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart and take and seal it. Brothers and sisters, our habits, our customs, and our patterns reflect our attitudes and our mindset. Let us look at Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Brothers and sisters, our natures are fallen as a result of sin. Let's, let's take our Bible and go to Isaiah 53, and verse 6. Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him 
the iniquity of us all. Many of us, brothers and sisters, we, we do not like when anyone tells us what to do or how to be. Am I right? Why? We have our own way. Is that right? It is, it is the, the, the natural tendency to turn from God's way to our own. We have our own willpower. God has given us a power of choice. He's not forcing anyone to worship him. It has to be done by what? A power of choice. We have been given a choice. Brothers and sisters, there is hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and our friend. Jesus says, no one cometh to the Father except through me. God wants his people to be converted. God wants his people to be transformed. God wants his people to be reformed and be equipped for the heavenly home. There are many examples of reformation in the Bible, but today we will just look on one example. Let us look on the, the example of David. Uriah, the, the Hittite was a soldier in King David's army. All this is mentioned in 2 um, in second, um, second Samuels. He was the husband of Bathsheba. And was murdered by the order of King David. We all remember that story, right? You see, Uriah's wife had become pregnant by King David in Uriah's absence. And King David did everything that he could to try to hide it, but it didn't work out. But when the sin was pointed out to David by the prophet Nathan, King David repented. Let, let us look at, at um, Psalm 51, 1 to 4. Let's go to Psalm 51, 1 to 4. It says, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest 
be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Psalm 119, also on 159. Let's look at Psalm 119, 154. Psalm 119. Uh, Psalm 119, 154, 156, and 159. <coughs> Sorry. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. 156. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. And 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Brothers and sisters, though we have disobeyed God's commandment, though we have sinned, though we have fallen, God does not turn his back on us. Let's take a look at 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14. 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14. 2 Kings. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles seven. It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God is talking to us in Seventh-day Adventists. This message is not for the people of the world. God is talking to us. He's saying, if my people who are called by my name, we are all Seventh-day Adventists, am I right? Will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Brothers and sisters, what a God we serve. We are so happy that the God we serve, his mind is not like the minds of human beings. And his thoughts and his thought process is not like ours. God wants us, his people, to respond in a positive way. God wants his people to meet the condition of revival 
and experience, experience the power of transformation in their lives. When we are transformed, then we have a special message to deliver the love of God to the world. Amen? Amen. Ellen G. White in Selected Messages, book one, page 121, in talking about the importance of revival, says a revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. God in heaven places priority on revival. Now, when a church is lukewarm, when a church is indifferent, let's say then we have a lot of visitors would come through the doors of our church. And when they come in, do we welcome them? Do we show them the love that saving grace should afford them? When a church is complacent, when a church is taking things for granted, when a church is losing its spirit, this church has lost its passion and needs revival and reformation. Let's turn our Bibles to Revelation 3 and verse 15. Revelation 3 and verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would, though it cold or hot. There are some of us within the church whose religious experience is wishy-washy. It is weak. It is insipid, we who do not bear the decided witness of favor of the truth, whose religious experience is lifeless, whose experience has what? The outer husk of Christianity and lacks substance, who has the eternal form but lacks the power. Let, let's take a look at um, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5. 2 Timothy 3. Having a form of godliness, 
but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. God is calling on us to become active and flourishing. God is calling on us to become changed for the better. God loves his people so much that he'll do whatever it takes to rekindle a spiritual flame in their lives. Let's, let's go to Hosea 6 and verse 1. Hosea 6. Come and let us return unto the Lord. For he had torn and he will heal us. He had smitten and he will bind us up. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is willing to bind us With his love. Do we, most of us know this, the chorus, bind us together? Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. Bind us together with your love. Let's go on to Revelation 3 and verse 17. Revelation 3 and verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked? Brothers and sisters, This is referring to some of us in the church, in the Adventist church. Some of the experiences of the religious leaders in Jesus' day are similar to some of the experiences today. Many of our leaders are in spiritual poverty. Many are Bible reading, Sabbath-keeping, paying church members looking for the coming of Jesus but are still in spiritual darkness let's go over to Luke 4 Luke 4 18 and 19 Luke 4 Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, 
and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the, the acceptable year of the Lord. In spite of the faults, in spite of the incapacities that we have, Jesus Christ is willing to restore spiritual eyesight that we have lost if we allow him. Brothers and sisters, there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope for all who are afflicted with spiritual apathy and indifference. The fact that the Lord speaks to this Seventh-day Adventist church shows that hope exists if his people accept and follow his counsels. Let, let's go back again to Revelation 3. Revelation 3. We're going to look at 18, 18, 19, and 20. Revelation 3. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayst be rich and white raiment, that thou mayst be clothed and let the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayst see. Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Brothers and sisters, the gold that God is talking about here is, it is without a law. It is precious. It is pure. For it is what? It is faith and love. The white raiment he invites the soul to wear is his own robe of righteousness. And the, the oil of anointing is the oil which will give spiritual eyesight to the soul in blindness and darkness. This is all taken from um, Ellen G. White, the Advent Review. And Sabbath Herod, August 7, 1894. We, we, we talked this morning in our Sabbath school lesson about the Holy Spirit. 
that is not a subject that is completely understood by all Bible students. But brothers and sisters, we have to continue to pray and ask that the Holy Spirit reveal the things to us that we don't fully understand. God wants his people to be prepared for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There are, however, conditions. The conditions that I will state may not be in the, the, the natural order. Brothers and sisters, we must be an enlightened people. What do I mean by that? We have to be freed from ignorance and misunderstanding. And what's the solution? We have to read our Bible. We have to do what? We have to study our Bible. And we have to be informed of the contents of the Bible. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to open our minds and explain to us the things that are not easily understood. Amen? We must be a victorious people. Let's go back to Revelation 3, 20 and 22. Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. How many of us um, has ever been at home and uh, someone knocks on the door and when you realize who it is, you just turn back and you go back and uh, start watching your TV. Or you go back and uh, continue to doing what you're doing. It, it could have been someone from another religious organization trying to impress you. It could have been the Jehovah Witness and you do not want to talk to that person that day. It could have been a salesman. Uh, you say, boy, this man, is this man again is coming to sell us something. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him. And he with me. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ was victorious 
in his life on this earth. Each and every one of us will have our trials. But we have to be what? We have to be victorious. We must be a loving people. We cannot be superficial. We must be earnest. We must be sincere. We must be genuine. Amen? We must be a praying people. Brothers and sisters, if we do not pray to our maker, we are in trouble. We must be a working people. Once we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, once we have repented, and we have given our lives to Jesus Christ. We have a job to do. We have to go into all the world and tell the world what Jesus Christ has done for you. And our world begins where? In our homes. Our husbands our wives, our children, our brothers, and our sisters. Then we have our neighbors next door. Then the, the, the people that we encounter at the grocery store. Perhaps those that we encounter in our workplaces, even though some workplaces have certain rules that you, we cannot talk about religious things there. But brothers and sisters, our actions have to prove that we are followers of Jesus Christ. We have to believe in temperance. We're not just talking about moderation or abstinence from the use of, intoxicate, of intoxicating drinks. You'll be surprised at some of the things that we should never, sorry, participate in. We're talking about things that has caffeine in it. Some of the, the sodas that we drink. Some of the teas that we drink. Those things are not good for us. We have to we have to keep away from it. Another important thing that we have to look at, brothers and sisters, we have to believe in the Sabbath. Let's let's take our Bible and go to um, Exodus twenty. Exodus twenty.
and we're gonna go from 8 to 11. Exodus 28 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For on six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. We have memorized these passages and we have repeated these passages every Sabbath at church. But do we abide by what it says? Do we do our normal duties, our normal work? We know that essential services, such as doctors, lawyers, no, not lawyers, doctors and nurses, and the military. are allowed to work on the Sabbath day. But there are still guidelines to follow. Do we cook our meals on the Sabbath? Or should we continue to cook our meals on the Sabbath? Brothers and sisters, these are things that we have to, to look at. These are important messages for the church today. Let's turn our Bibles to Romans 8, 7 to 12. Romans 8, 7 to 12. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit so be it that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. 
And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Brothers and sisters, we are not in the flesh. Am I right? We are in the spirit. And because because we are not in the flesh, we as Seventh-day Adventists will do that which God has asked us to do. Amen? We have accepted Jesus Christ by faith. And we are obedient to we are obedient to God's word. because of faith. Let us continue to keep our hearts and our minds heavenward. Today God is knocking on the hearts of everyone. Today, the Holy Spirit is moving up and down the aisle of this church. My prayer is that we will not shut him out. My prayer is that we will listen to the pleading of the Holy Spirit. God is calling upon his people to be converted. God is calling on his people to be transformed. God is calling on his people to be revived. God is calling upon his people to do that which is right. To follow him and be prepared until Jesus comes. Is there any one of us here? I'd like each and every one to stand with us. Stand for me today. As a people of God, we may have a special petition that we'd like to Pass unto our Creator. Some things that 
we may not want our brothers and sisters to hear. But our God is always listening. Our God is always willing to forgive. We know that there is only one sin that God will not forgive. And what is that? That of grieving the Holy Spirit. So each of us has a petition. that we like God to answer. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for the plan of salvation. We thank you that your Son, Jesus Christ, came to this world. He lived. He died. He was resurrected. And he went back to heaven where he is now ministering for each and every one of us. What a better lawyer, what a better representative can one ask? Your son, Jesus Christ. We give you thanks, Lord, for your forgiving power. Each of us, Lord, we have sinned against you in our thoughts, in our deeds, and in our action. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us. We ask you to wash us. We ask you to make us clean. We said, though your sins be as scarlet, you will make them as white as snow. And today, Lord, we believe. We accept that promise. By faith. Today, Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit will touch each heart that is bowing before you. And we pray that when you shall come in the clouds of heaven, none of us who are bowing in your presence today will be lost because we have been given this opportunity to repent for sins. We have been given this opportunity to forsake all and to follow thee. Today, Lord, we are making our calling and election sure so that when you shall come in the clouds of heaven, we will not be disappointed but we shall welcome you as our Lord and Savior, and we ought to go home to dwell eternally with you. These are not the mercies we ask. Through Jesus' worthy name, may the people of God say, Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting SavingGraceSDA.org.